from Studio 715B. It's the Chuck Wagon, and here's your Wagon Master, Chuck. Welcome to another episode of Cold Case Files. On our last episode, we witnessed murder, intrigue, and romance. Thank you for coming in today. Cold Case! Sorry about that. Um, I, I really had no idea on that one. That was like one of the first ones where I was hearing it and I'm like, Psh, I don't know. So I went crime and murder. Um, I don't know. Maybe that was on my mind or something. But anyway, good to have you in. It's been a, been a little while and it's uh, we missed last week and it's good to be back. Welcome to episode six of the Chuck Wagon. Um... Still not the sixth god, but I hope this goes well. So yeah, we have a... I don't know what I'm going to talk about today. I'm going to be very candid. Um, we're actually recording that... Usually we record on a Thursday, release it late Thursday night, Friday. Um, but we're recording on a Tuesday because I'm going to New York for the weekend. Well, I say the weekend, but I'm leaving Wednesday, so that's not super accurate. But um, I'm going to be gone on Thursday, bottom line. And so... Recording it today, and usually, like the when in my, I'm about to hate how I sound right here. In my creative process, I, I, I hate when people say that. I, like I get it. What else are you gonna call it? But I kind of hate that. Like, oh yeah, you know, it's just the creative process. It's just the process you go through creatively. But in my quote unquote creative process, I, I usually don't come up with ideas for anything I do until like the day of. I don't know why that is. Anytime I do ever anything, I come up with the idea that day. So it's not really that day yet. So I don't have any ideas, but that'll make things fun. Um, and I'm looking forward to it. So thanks for, thanks for stopping in and, uh, let's get to it. I'd like to start us off today with some really uplifting news. Um, I know a lot of you out there have been really uh, just bothered and disturbed by the endangerment of the West Indian manatee. You've told me a lot about that um, in your emails and texts, and and I I know I know you're feeling for the West Indian manatee because it's just been it's been a long hard road for them. But here, here's the uplifting story. The West Indian manatee is no longer considered an endangered species. Which is, a, is it species or species? I don't, that, that one, I, I don't know if you noticed, but I think it was, I think it was last episode. I kind of stumbled on that. And now it's kind of weird that I'm using this word two weeks in a row. It's not like a super common word, but I don't know. I, Jake, what do you think? Do you think it's, is it species or species? Species. Species. Sean Connery. Manatee species. Anyway, the species of the West Indian manatee is no longer endangered. Yeah. No, yeah, it's great. Yes. No, thank you. You. Oh my god, stop, stop. Oh my god, too much. And get this. What was once a population of a few hundred in the 1970s has today soared to more than 6,620 manatees in Florida alone. That's remarkable. Manatees have been getting at it, and uh, it's paying off. It's paying big. But here's the thing about manatees, is I don't know if you realize this, but, like, it would suck to be, like, 
another animal would suck to be is a manatee. Because manatees literally get their faces chopped off by motorboat pr- propellers. They're, like, swimming around in Florida, and they'll just, like, they don't really know what's going on, so they'll, like, go up to check out this boat, and then they get their face sliced off. And that actually happens a lot, and that's one of the reasons that they were endangered. So it's good to see the uh, West Indian manatee. I don't know about the East Indian manatee or the other uh, nationalities or, or region in a specific nationality of manatees, but at least for the West Indian manatee, uh, it's no longer an endangered species. So that's really good. And um, now we've, we've taken some time off from this, partly because of spring break, SP2K17, but also um, just last week we didn't do it. But we're going to go back into our game Controversial Topics. And so I, he- I have here a list of 19 controversial topics. And we're going to bring in ex-pro Jake Crossman to... Uh, pick a number between 1 and 19. So, Jake, the floor is yours. Number so you can go for it. You can n- you, you can say... Number just f- pick a number um, between uh, 1 and 19. Okay. So go for uh, it. 5. All right. Thank God. I was never going to pick. Okay, Um. so number 5. So, here is our controversial topic. How do you really put on a bra? Now, this one is interesting... And I think you know why. It's because I'm a dude, so I don't wear bras. But um, I'm going to give this my best shot. And um, ladies, if if I if I make the wrong argument here, then I'm sorry. I just I'm not I'm not an expert, but I'm going to do my best. So <clears throat> the two the two options that are presented here are the back clasper and the front clasper. Um, so I feel like if I was going to, I'm going to, I'm going to try to put myself in the high heels of a woman and think how I would do this. I feel like I'm the type, like I put, I'm the type of guy who puts, puts my shirt on by putting my arms through the sleeves first and then pulling the rest over my head. And some people like put their head in first and like then put their arms out. I don't there's different ways of doing it. And I know you're thinking that's great, Chuck. Now we know how you put on your shirt. Thanks for that. What does that have to do with the topic? Well, that means I'm going like in anything in anything I'm going to put on my torso, my presupposition is that you do arms first. So, I'm probably going to put my arms through the the bra strap and then the the two bra straps, and then pull it up, and then snap it in the back. That seems like it would be what I would do. Um, some people like apparently, lady folk put it on first. Like Jake and I are both like, sorry, this is really clunky, but we're both like imagining it right now. We're like kind of miming it. Jake Jake's a front guy. I get okay. Jake, I'm gonna bring you in on this because I think I, I I need I need a little help on this one. So. I feel like I'm gonna the, the back seems seems harder to to do to Def- like actually clasp yeah, it. Yeah, definitely harder to clasp it. But it, but at the same time, it's like I feel like the motion is just more organic. Uh, yeah, definitely. But I just I think the same way you would, I put my hands through first, but they'd already be in the front, so I would just go with a front 
clasp. Yeah, I guess the whole arm thing I was talking about is kind of the same. Idea. Yeah, I think you'd put your hands through first either way. Right. Yeah, yeah, I guess the arm thing... I don't know. They have this, like... I, I, there, there's, like, this picture, and it's not of, like, an actual woman. It's, like, a, it's like a, a drawing of a woman without a face and everything. But there's, like, two different ways of doing it that they show on this website. And so... Oh, I, wait, wait. No, they're saying you clasp first and then put your arms through? Is that what they're saying? There's a little arrow that doesn't really give any detail. <laughs> it just kind of wraps around her waist. Yeah. Um, I think... I don't know. I could see I could see the back clasp thing getting really annoying for someone like me because if I was running late and it's like I can't like I I wake up some morning and my arms are just kind of stiff and I can't like get my hand back there to clasp it. Even the picture looks really unnatural to be like contorting your hands behind she you. looks like she's folding her arms in front of her it looks painful yeah like her arms frank. are moving in like her elbows are bending in a way that doesn't look natural i i guess i'm gonna switch sides i came out of the gate as a mm -hmm. as a back clasp guy but i think i'm gonna go front clasp it seems it seems easy it seems overall better yeah so um yeah okay so that my argument to sum this all up is uh I'm gonna argue you put on you put on a bra with the front clasp because it's like it you don't I feel like you're at risk of kind of contorting your arm in such a way that maybe you get like tennis elbow or something like that. If you're doing the back, maybe you like you might you might snap your 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 elbow or something like that and get a get an injury uh, because organically your arms just don't bend that way. So, yeah, so I'm going to go front class. That's how you put on a bra. I'm sorry if I might get a bunch of hate mail and they'll be like, hey, you don't know anything about bras. And I'll say, thank you. Uh, but anyway, that that's my argument. That's this is, And this has been Controversial Topics with Chuck. That was, I mean, that was like, it was like solving a Rubik's Cube to me. Which means I didn't do it because I've never solved a Rubik's Cube in my life. I, I haven't solved this issue. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, we're really perplexed. Like we're, we're probably going to come back to this, not like on, on the podcast, but like, we got to figure this out. Cause it, that, I just hadn't, I hadn't thought about it before really. So, but anyway, um, I came across this article. I think it's, I think it's really interesting cause it shows, you know how I like to talk about history a little bit, but <laughs> I, I, I'm just, what fascinates me about history is how little things really change in the world. Because in a, in a way, it's like if you look at now compared to ancient Rome, it seems like, oh, wow, like this is a completely different society. Like everything is so different. Like we have cars and, you know, like they had nothing. <laughs> like, I mean, they were advanced for their time, but, you know, compared to what we have now, like we, it's not like the ancient Romans were walking around with iPads or something like that, you know, but, but things like humanity as a concept, again, I, I hate how that sounds like, Oh, the human condition. Like, I don't like that, but, but humanity as a concept, we don't really change. And what I mean by that specifically is in terms of what I'm about to talk about is humans have always loved to eat food and watch other humans hurt each other. And that's, which is, it sounds kind of psychotic, but what I, what I found, I found this article and it, 
they're they're doing all this archaeology in the ancient Roman Empire, and they've now found that there were like these ancient concession stand shops found at Roman gladiator arenas. So, so like, and I was like, oh my gosh, that's what we do now because football is kind of like our version of the gladiators. It's much softer, obviously, because very rarely do you have someone die on the football field. And that was kind of the point with the gladiators to watch people die. But like, we want to watch men hurt each other and we want to eat food while we're doing it. So basically what happened was you'd go, you, you would go to these gladiator arenas in ancient Rome and you would go like, and in these cauldrons and stuff, they would have like hot soup. I don't know. Soup. Maybe. I don't, what do they eat in Rome? Soup. Everyone, everyone's eaten soup since the beginning of time. You take some water, put it in a bowl and just like chop up an animal and put it in there. So that's kind of like one, two, three, there you go. You got soup. So in my mind is like cauldrons full of, uh, shoot, what, what do they have for animals over there? Deer, deer are everywhere, right? Like I feel like deer, deer soup, in ancient Rome, like they they invented the wheel and then they rolled out into the countryside and killed deer and put it in soup. That's how I think of ancient Rome. Um, but yeah, so anyway, deer, the robins. Do they have robin robins? Okay, ducks. Everywhere has ducks. Chickens. Chip. That's it. That's it. Chicken. So chicken soup, <laughs> the most basic soup that it took me forever to arrive at. I went to deer soup before I went to chicken soup. And I, I don't and, the, and I don't even know if they had soup at these events. Like, probably not. <laughs> When's the last time you got soup at a football game? Anyway, so you're walking into the stadium to go back to what we we're talking about. And you're like, or, or it's halftime at the gladiator <laughs> match. I don't know, do they have halftime? Like I what I'm realizing the more the more I, I talk about this, the more I'm like, I just don't know anything about the gladiators. Like I should have done a little bit of research. So I'm gonna this is my picture of from here on out, this is my picture of, of what the gladiators were like. You're sitting down, you're watching some guys kill each other. It's a good time. You're there, you you brought your girlfriend, and uh, you know, it's kinda new, it's it's fresh, like you're you're flirting back and forth, watching people die. And then you're like, oh man, I'm hungry. And so you, you lean over to her and you say, hey, I'm, I'm kind of hungry. You want anything? And she's like, oh yeah, I could go for some deer soup. So you go and you go, <laughs> there's literally a concession stand and you buy soup in a cauldron <laughs> that someone's keeping warm, probably from like the dead bodies from like last night's match or something like that. That's super morbid. Jeez. But, <laughs> but like, so they're, but that's what the Romans, the Romans were savages. But anyway, so you're, they're like, they're keeping soup warm in a cauldron. And they pour you out a little bowl and then you go back and watch people kill each other again. That's like, I don't know. Maybe to you, that's just like, oh, it's weird. And I don't care. But like that, that's crazy to me. Cause the thing is like, life hasn't really changed that much. We, we like violence and we like food. And I think we can all agree on that. But anyways, so ancient Rome, I, what I'm going to do for you is I'm going to come back next week on this and I'm going to, I'm going to tell you a lot about the gladiators because I was just, I'm probably going to watch gladiator. Um, and then I'm going to talk cause I've seen parts of gladiator, but I haven't seen the whole thing, but yeah. Um, and I'll, I'll check, I'll check about the soup situation too. 
um, in ancient Rome if they ate soup, but whatever. The, the bottom line is it's really cool how history connects us to now because we wouldn't have Papa John's at our football stadiums probably if they weren't serving deer soup at the gladiator matches. So this has been your history moment. So I'm going to talk about something that we could actually call this the controversial topic because I'm going to tread very lightly here. I don't want to, I don't want to offend anyone. And I know this, this is sort of a triggering topic. Um, but there's this new thing out that just kind of came out where I don't know if any of you follow pink on Instagram, like the singer pink. I'd be actually, I'd be really interested to hear if any of you follow, follow pink on Instagram. Like there's probably one person or something out of my listeners that follows pink and I, I'm not making fun of it if you do. I just, I, I, Pink wouldn't be someone that would come to mind as like, oh, I'm going to follow Pink, like as a celebrity. Like, I follow Tom Brady because he's the greatest quarterback of all time and I'm from New England. And like, I follow Mark Wahlberg because I think he's a great actor and he has an interesting life and he's from New England. And then I follow, or he's, you know, he lives in New England. And, and I follow Isaiah Thomas because he's like the star player of my favorite basketball team. But like, that's pretty much it. I'm not a big celebrity following guy. But anyway, if you follow Pink, like, awesome. You you saw this. I did not until I saw it on the news. But Pink recently made this post about... And it's kind of the whole, like, body shaming thing. And I guess she had a baby or a second baby. And so she's, like... She still has, like, a little bit of that baby weight and stuff. And she's working hard to, to cut it down and everything, and which is awesome. But But, like, she made this post about... Like, stay off the scale, ladies. Like, I don't give a crap what I look like, and you shouldn't either. And, and like, so part of me, because you see a lot of this now. There's a whole thing about, like, the body shaming and everything. And I'm 100% on board with not body shaming people. Like, if, if someone looks a certain way, you shouldn't, like, make fun of them. But the whole, like, stay off the scale, like, ignore the number on the scale thing... I just felt like I felt obliged to talk about this because that's just a health issue. Like, if, I just want to talk about it because, like, if you're listening to this podcast, like, I care about you and I don't want you to not look at the scale because at a certain point, it's like your life's in danger. You know what I mean? Like, there's a reason the doctors kind of are like, hey, this is obese and you should not do that. <laughs> and And so, like, yeah, don't judge anyone. But, like, like for looking the way they do, but I, I kind of want to be a voice of, let's not ignore the scale. Let's, like, take what the scale says into consideration and, like, maybe take a suggestion from the scale if the scale is kind of, like, whispering in your ear or whatever. But on a side note, Pink, like, I wonder about Pink's second baby because I think it's Justin Bieber. Because have you seen Justin Bieber? Justin Bieber right now with the hair, his hair the way he currently has it, he looks like the love child of Pink and Eminem. And so, I don't know. Maybe that's just like a, a side story. Like maybe I wouldn't count it out that Justin Bieber is Pink's child. Maybe from a long time ago or whatever. But I hope I didn't offend anyone with this quasi-controversial topic. But... Know that I'm speaking out of love for you. Don't ignore the scale like Pink told you to. Just be like, oh, I, I'm okay with how I look, but I also want to live a full and happy life. 
And I'm telling you this, like, take it from a diabetic, because I'm a diabetic, and I know, I know about food. So, <laughs> take it from me. So, for the, I mean, this is a news and politics show, as, as we said, and so for the political, the, the big political story, in a way, to me, was, th- this past week, was this whole thing about Mike Pence. And it just kind of puzzles me, honestly, because... I mean, I, like, th- to me, this isn't a partisan thing. I don't care if you're a Republican. I don't care if you're a Democrat. Like, I have tons of friends on both sides of, of the aisle. Like, I'm, and I, I like to try to listen to every side and everything. But Mike Pence basically came out and said he he doesn't he tries the best he can to not dine alone with a woman that isn't his his wife and not attend events that serve alcohol without his wife and it kind of blew up and like even people are going so far as to say that it's like misogynistic and i don't i just don't get that at all that doesn't make any sense to me because it's like we as a nation we we look at we look at trump's affairs that he's had in the past like and everyone you know everyone likes to say oh trump he's he hates women and like he doesn't you know he's He's anti-woman and he's misogynistic and everything. And if, and like, I mean, he's had affairs and everything. So we, we don't like that. But then we have this guy who's his vice president on the complete other side doing everything he, in his power to avoid f- slipping into some sort of temptation. And we don't like that. I don't, I don't get like, I don't get, I, I just don't understand that. Because it's like, to me, what Mike Pence is doing, although like I get, when you're the vice president, that's not necessarily super realistic that you would never, like, that you can't meet with a woman one-on-one because you might just have to do that. But it's not It's not because she's a woman. It, like, it's because, it's, it's like, it's kind of like, I'm sorry, this isn't your fault. This is on me because I'm, a, like, I'm worried that I could just make a mistake, especially if I was under the influence of alcohol. Um, and I, I love my wife too much to make a series of stupid decisions that I didn't really mean to make. And you could come at it and say, well, if he really loves his wife, he shouldn't have to even think about that. Like she should just, just loving her should, should be enough. And I do get that. But at the same time, it's like people are also human and people do stupid stuff all the time. And so I don't know. I, I just that's just something to think about. Is like what do we what do we want out of our politicians? We don't want them to have affairs, and now we don't want them to do everything they can to not have an affair. So I guess we just like them to skirt this line where it's like oh like maybe the like we don't we don't want them to be these like dirty classic image like a, like an Anthony Weiner type of politician or or to have affairs and all that. But it's like we finally have a politician that's going like, hey, I don't want to be a dirtbag. And this is the way that I'm trying to fight that, that, that tendency that I could possibly have. And it's like, and people are freaking out. I don't get it. And I mean, I don't agree with Mike Pence on everything. Um, like, I mean, that like, for instance, his stance on gay marriage, for example, doesn't really match mine, um, even though I, I lean conservative on, on most things. But... I get this because this whole thing about men in power situations, like when that when powerful men having affairs, is not new. Like let me, 
just to bring back to your memory, think think about some men who with a lot of money and the high positions. Tiger Woods, David Letterman, Brad Pitt. Any of these ringing a bell? Larry King, Jay Z, and and you may be thinking, oh, those are all pop culture icons. They're not politicians. Politicians are worse for for whatever reason. I mean, like here, just to name a couple for you: Arnold Schwarzenegger. He was the governor of California. Remember. John Edwards, 2008 vice presidential candidate. Alexander Hamilton, if we want to go back. Warren Harding, Lyndon B. Johnson, Thomas Jefferson, John F. Kennedy. We all know that one, but do we all realize Franklin Delano Roosevelt, the New Deal guy? He had affairs. Bill Clinton. I mean, so that none of this, and, and that's not even, like, that's just the tip of the iceberg on both politicians and just pop culture icons. So... I mean, it's a serious thing, and it and it's it's common. So, someone like Mike Pence looking around, going, "Oh, affairs are an a- epidemic in my profession." So, I have a lot of respect for that. So, I mean, I'm publicly applauding Mike Pence because I think what he's doing is not misogynistic at all. It's actually one of the biggest statements of I value the woman I've devoted my life to so much that. Even in this position of power I have, I'm going to make sure that I don't even come close to a position where I could dishonor her and bring her harm. So, Mike Pence, for what it's worth, (laughs) Chuck from the Chuck Wagon likes what you're doing, and I think the country should too. So, to kind of finish up today, we're going to bring in a a new segment, and we're going to call it This Could Be You. And... Basically, we're going to, like, we just, we, we made this segment because that's kind of what it's been happening. That's kind of what's been happening, sorry, um, over the last few weeks is we've just been giving these stories kind of about how it would suck to be an animal. <laughs> but, um, and that was just something that just sort of coincidentally happened. We're like, oh, that's kind of interesting. So basically, we want to just assure you as a listener that, um, you know, your life is worth it. You're, you're a cool person. And, um, and your life, you, even if you're feeling down, like your life could be a lot worse. And so this could be you if this week, you could be Shia LaBeouf and we all know Shia LaBeouf from the just do it thing. And you know, that you have to remember, that's kind of like the peak of his career (laughs) is, is him saying, just do it, which is Nike's slogan. So he didn't even come up with that. Um, but anyway, so Shia LaBeouf may, was starred in a movie uh, recently, and it just came out that this movie in the UK, at the box office, made $8. Eight, one person in the entire United Kingdom went to see this movie. So after all that work, I mean, like, they, they make jokes about about movies that are like, like I was just watching this interview with Steve Carell. It was between two ferns with Zach Galifianakis, which is hilarious, by the way. You got to YouTube that. But um, you know, Zach Galifianakis was making fun of him because he starred in Evan Almighty, and that movie lost money. But it's like it cost hundreds of millions of dollars to make, and it made like millions and millions of dollars, and uh, so it, it didn't like gain anything. But Shia LaBeouf was in a movie that made eight dollars like that's two drinks at starbucks which i hate because that's an egregious amount of money for a coffee but anyways like your life 
you you could have just spent months and months of your life making making a movie and then have it make eight dollars in a country that speaks your language. Like it was one, it'd be one thing if this was it released in India and they released it in English, and then everyone's like, "Well, I don't know what's going on, so I'm not going to go to this movie." But it was in the UK, which invented our language, by the way, so they know better than any of us how to what's being said in the movie. Anyway, bottom line, your life's pretty good because you're not Shia LaBeouf. That could be you. So I want to thank you for checking out the Chuck Wagon today. It's been a good time. And uh, as always, we want to end with Chuck's profound quote of the day. This one comes from Clint Eastwood. Still kicking. Very old. Still kicking. Great movies. Um, And it goes a little something like this. If you want a guarantee, buy a toaster. I want to thank my executive producer, as always, Jake Crossman. I want to thank Shia LaBeouf for his crappy movie. I want to thank uh, Pink for giving us food for thought about bodies. The Romans and the, you know, their gladiators for just killing each other for entertainment. And I want to thank you, the listener, for checking us out. This has been the Chuck Wagon. See you next time.